Uh, welcome everybody to today's episode of the Janava Show. I'm your host, Jacob Valier. Um, been off a couple of days, did not go Thursday. Uh, not enough sports on really yesterday. We have had uh, some of the MLB postseason. The Yankees and Tampa Bay Rays have their Game 5 coming up. That's been a good series. After a week, uh, Game 1 win by the Yankees, the Rays won the next two. Yankees won last night. Uh, winner go all to face the Houston Astros in the ALCS coming up for everybody, so that'll be fun, and um, obviously, obviously, I just said the Astros will be on to the ALCS for the fourth straight year, even though they ended this regular season with a losing record, and uh, they lost their GM, and they lost their manager after their cheating scandal, somehow the Astros end up right back in the postseason, so obviously that is not what everybody wanted to see, um, but here we are, and uh we will have to watch the Astros in the playoffs once again. Um, so there's MLB postseason. Tonight is game five of the NBA Finals. Lakers lead 3-1. Uh, LeBron has a chance tonight to win and capture his fourth title in the NBA. Um, so there's that. Uh, and then also uh, the NFL, week five. We're already at week five. It always feels like the NFL season just sort of goes by so quickly. And uh, we're already at week five. It feels like it's lasted... Um, you know, that it's just flown. I, I remember week one like it was literally yesterday, and here we are, and it's already week five. Um, couple of COVID games that are uh, being played at later dates. Um, the Broncos and Patriots, originally scheduled for Monday, will now play at 5 o'clock on Monday. And then a Tuesday night game at 8.15 between, or at 7 o'clock between the Bills and the completely COVID-plagued Tennessee Titans. So that's coming up, and uh, that'll be a lot of fun. But there was a game last night, okay? Uh, there was a game between two Super Bowl foes, Tom Brady and Nick Foles. Now, there are a lot of storylines coming out of the game last night. Um, there were reports that Tom Brady, and you could probably tell just by watching the end of the game, that Tom Brady didn't know the down and distance or the down at the end of last night's game. He threw a wobbly sort of aggressive fourth down throw over the middle with no timeouts um, yesterday or last night against the Bears, and it was incomplete, knocked away by a Bears defender, and Brady stayed on the field. And uh, watching the game, I thought Brady must have thought that there was a penalty on the play, but then he threw up his hands, and uh, he put up the four fingers, indicating that he thought that that was third down, the next play is fourth down, but the referees had to say, no, you just threw the ball on Fourth down, it's actually, you know, the turn it over, Chicago's on offense. Um, and then, you know, of course, there were other things. I mean, it was a very slow game. It was 20-19 to 19 was the final score. It was really a chess match between two veteran quarterbacks who are not really athletic. Um, so it was kind of boring to watch in that sense, uh, Brady and Foles. Here was my takeaway. Okay. I've been saying this about Tampa Bay all year. Okay, and I've been I've been wrong. Tampa was able to rattle off three straight wins, and Brady looked great. He threw for 369 and five touchdowns last week against San Diego or the, the Chargers. But I always sort of thought, you know, he's 43 years old. Regression, he's not going to look like that every week. Um, I thought he looked very pedestrian yesterday against Chicago. I thought the Bears played okay defense, but Tom Brady was flat out missing some guys, uh, underthrowing um and I think it was a big wasted opportunity for the Buccaneers last night because Nick Foles was awful. There, there's no way around it. Nick Foles had a couple of throws that weren't even like, that were almost Dwayne Haskins-esque, which AKA are not 
NFL caliber. Uh, he had a third down and two from like midfield during his first or second possession of the game, and he completely airmailed Allen Robinson, who was wide open and would have easily picked up at least seven or eight yards for in a first down. And Foles just threw it ten yards over his head, uh, and then he had uh, this kid Mooney streaking for a 50-plus yard touchdown, but Foles underthrew him by about 10 yards. It was a laughable execution by Nick Foles. He uh, averaged 5.8 yards per attempt yesterday. Um, and There really isn't... I'm not watching the Bears and thinking, wow, Foles is such an incredible upgrade from Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky actually had this team at 3-0 and when he got benched, and since then, they've gone one and one with Nick Foles, and they really might not have even been able to win last night. There's a chance that they're three and zero with Trubisky and zero and two with Foles, but you know they got to sell something to that fan base, the Bears fan base. Obviously, Trubisky hasn't been working, so you got to put a veteran, flashy veteran quarterback like Nick Foles back there to keep fan excitement sort of going, right? Brady wasted a big opportunity. Nick Foles was awful on the other side of the ball. Uh, he still, you know, for everybody that's saying that Brady didn't have any weapons last night, he still had Mike Evans, he still had Gronk, he still had Cameron Brait. Those guys are still really talented players. And he still even had Scotty Miller, who's been a revelation for Brady this year. Oh, and Ronald Jones rushed for over 100 yards and averaged over five yards a carry. Don't tell me that Brady had no support last night. Brady had all the support he needed last night. He was just missing guys. He was just taking sacks. Tampa Bay's offensive line seemed to be very penalty prone. Uh, they weren't great at holding up pass protection. Uh, they were great in run blocking last night, but overall Brady was sort of under duress all night. And when you put a 43-year-old immobile quarterback under duress for an entire evening, and he's inaccurate, you're not going to get a lot of production. And that's what Brady was last night. He wasn't very productive. He was 25 of 41, 250 yards. He averaged only six and a, under six and a half yards of pass against, in my opinion, a kind of a exposable defense in the Bears. They're not as great as they used to be a couple years ago, and Tom Brady's apparently playing with one of the best offensive offenses in the NFL. So I think it was a big missed opportunity. Now the Bucks are 3-2, and two and they're playing Green Bay next, so they could be 3-3. Three and three. It's Look, Tampa Bay is good. They've beaten up the last three weeks. Before last night, they had beaten up for three straight weeks against bad teams. Denver, Carolina, and the Chargers, they just beat them up, but everybody's beaten those guys up this season. So it really isn't it really isn't that big of a surprise. So uh, Brady wasted a big opportunity to beat a, a, an average and probably a little overrated Bears team last night. And Nick Foles looked awful. There's no way around it. Nick Foles, I've been saying it forever, Nick Foles is one of the most confusing quarterbacks of my life. I will never understand him as long as I live. There's some, he's literally a more talked about version of Ryan Fitzpatrick and a more sought-after version of Fitzpatrick because Ryan Fitzpatrick will have... He literally had a game back in 2014, Fitzpatrick. Six touchdown passes, zero interceptions. Two years later, he had a game with zero touchdowns, six interceptions. That If that doesn't encapsulate what Ryan Fitzpatrick is, very hot and cold, very streaky. He'll have some Hall of Fame-worthy games, and then he'll have some completely incompetent, don't-know-how-you-even-made-it-to-college-football type of games. Um, and I, watching Nick Foles, that's kind of, look, a couple weeks ago against the Falcons, Nick Foles, three touchdowns, led a 16-point fourth quarter comeback. And I thought, oh my gosh, this kid is, Nick Foles is amazing again. And then the next two weeks, he's absolutely unwatchable. 
He is just completely missing open receivers. And I'm saying, okay, he's Fitzpatrick. He's not a franchise quarterback. He's barely a starter in the NFL. He's probably one of the better backups in the NFL. But as a starter, he's not. He's not. He's he's just not. So the Bears will get their four and one magically four and one, and I think a lot of that has to do with their coaching staff. Matt Aggie's been brilliant this year, and uh, the Bears are in a tough division. I think that Minnesota and Detroit are definitely looking up at Green Bay and Chicago and thinking, wow, they're sort of pulling away now. Um, this will be a tough division as long as the Bears can sort of stay in games and win ugly like they have been this season. Couple of uh, look. Bears have had three fourth quarter comebacks in the first five weeks. That means they've had a position in three of those games where they have been, they should have lost, but they didn't. So anyway, there is that. I wanted to talk about this because I don't think I addressed this well enough a couple of days ago and I wanted to get back to it. Um, when you're in any industry, when you're in any company, if you're a boss and those of you listening out there that are bosses or managers or oversee other people you can sort of tell talent after just a few weeks of someone on the job if you hire somebody that you're very excited about you could probably tell in a few weeks if this is really your guy it doesn't take long a guy can come in and he can just completely shatter your expectations but you know if a guy comes in and you expect him to do great and he is great then it's it's really not that hard. You feel validated because, look, it's not terribly hard to see talent. In the NFL, we for some reason think that, especially in 2020, in today's NFL, that it is increasingly difficult to see talent in the NFL quickly. And I wanted to, and, and that's where I'm going to go with, with Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins has started 11 games. His coaching staff has seen him practice for the last two-plus months. And, uh... He had started one year at college, and he was a mid-first-round pick. If you look at, for Dwayne Haskins, everyone calling for the Ron Rivera's head, I don't know how you do this to Dwayne Haskins' development. I don't know how you... Listen, Joe Burrow has started four NFL games. And the, the Cincinnati Bengals are one of the worst teams, in my opinion, one of the worst offenses in the NFL. And Joe Burrow has come in in four weeks and has turned that program around. They're one, two, and one, should be two and two. And Joe Burrow has thrown for 300 yards in three straight games and has scored a touchdown in all four. That, look, after four starts, you can already tell Joe Burrow is the guy. Joe Burrow's legit. He's got plenty of talent. Justin Herbert has started three games. They've lost all of them, but he's he's looked great. He's thrown for almost 300 yards in every game. And, this past week, he almost completely outdueled Tom Brady. Justin Herbert, yeah, that's, you can already tell. Daniel Jones, in his first NFL start, led a comeback win and accounted for four touchdowns. That's when you can tell. Look, you can already tell those guys have talent, and you don't even need to really watch more. Four starts, four or five starts in, you can probably already guess what your quarterback is. Not one, not two starts, but maybe like four, five, six starts. You can tell what a guy is. You can see talent. It's not that hard to see talent. I've watched Dwayne Haskins start 11 games and play in a number of other games, and I don't see it. I'm sorry. I don't see the I don't see the NFL caliber arm that everyone's talking about. I've seen three coaching staffs 
three head coaches, Gruden, Callahan, and now Ron Rivera, who have said that Dwayne Haskins does not have the right work ethic. I've heard all of that. I've heard his teammates call him out. I've heard that they're teammates that are frustrated with his work ethic. I've seen Dwayne Haskins sail passes for 11 starts, and I've seen him just completely wilt in the pocket. I've seen him be immobile. I've seen him be inaccurate, which are, my, in my opinion, the two things you cannot be in the NFL today. I've seen him all those things after 11 starts. It's almost three quarters of a full NFL season that we've seen from Dwayne Haskins. In my opinion, that's more than enough evidence that you could probably already tell. This is a backup quarterback. This is not a consistent starter in this league. And so, right, I'm I'm not bashing on Dwayne Haskins. I hope him nothing but the best. I was hoping that Haskins would be great as a Washington fan. But he has, you can just tell talent right off the bat. Dwayne Haskins is bottom five in the NFL in almost every passing category. Almost all of them. There's no excuse for it. You, in today's NFL, like over half of the NFL is completing at least 68% of their throws. You need to compete with that. With the league growing towards more accurate quarterbacks, you can't be a 61% guy. You can't be a career 59% guy in this league and expect to succeed. Joe Burrow is a baby. He's four starts in. Everyone talking about, oh, you know, Dwayne Haskins has been given a, no weapons. Oh, okay. Excuse me, does Joe Burrow have any weapons? Oh, he has Joe Mixon. Well, Dwayne Haskins has Antonio Gibson. Hasn't he scored four touchdowns in four weeks? He's pretty good. Oh, Joe Burrow's got A.J. Green. Well, doesn't Dwayne Haskins have Terry McLaurin, who's at this point better than A.J. Green? Who is Cincinnati's best receiver? Anybody? No? Okay. Joe Burrow's completing almost 66% of his passes. He's thrown for 1,100 yards and six touchdowns in four games. That's good for... Um, 280 passing yards a game and a 90 passer rating. I can already tell Joe Burrow is just getting started. This is just the beginning. We're scratching the surface with Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert has averaged almost 300 yards a game over his first three NFL starts. Who is Justin Herbert throwing to? Yeah, and a beat-up Hunter Henry at tight end? That's a real weapon. Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen's been in the league eight years. That's a long time. That's A.J. Green status. And they have no running game, the Chargers. After Austin Eckler got hurt, they have no running game. So he doesn't even have what Haskins has, which is a, some semblance of a running game. And still, Justin Herbert, 310 passing yards a game, 102 passer fading, 900, uh, completing 72% of his throws. You can tell. You can just tell. I could tell after Dwayne Haskins started 11 NFL games in this league that he is just not, he's not anything special. Herbert and Burrow, those guys look special. Dwayne Haskins looks like every quarterback that we've ever seen. He's a pocket guy. He's inaccurate. He's immobile. When the play breaks down, he collapses. Those guys don't work in the, the NFL anymore. I don't want to hear Peyton Manning. I don't want to hear Troy Aikman, guys that came into the NFL and weren't good to start off. You realize that coaches come into the NFL nowadays with so much more implemented college schemes than they did when Aikman and Peyton came into the league. When Peyton Manning came into the league, it was like read, it was like going from you know simple addition to geometry from his last year in college football to his rookie year in the NFL. The schemes he had to learn. And look, he almost threw 30 interceptions as a rookie quarterback. But you could tell with Peyton Manning as a rookie, he set the rookie record for touchdowns in the season. They still looked very, very formidable on offense. 
Troy Aikman, 0-11 as a rookie. That was 31 years ago. They, that was like going from, from time tests to geometry exams over the span of one year for Troy Aikman. I don't want to hear it. Dwayne Haskins is going from time tests back to time tests from college to the NFL. Those college schemes are just prevalent. They, it's never been easier to play quarterback in the NFL than it is in 2020. Not 1989, not 1998 when Aikman and Peyton Manning came into the NFL. Over the last five to six years, the NFL has just progressively gotten easier for quarterbacks to succeed. And Dwayne Haskins isn't. That's why it's so much faster and easier to learn if you have your future quarterback. It is. You can just tell. Right off the bat. Jameis Winston, right off the bat, you could tell he was a turnover mess. And Jameis Winston, you know, didn't last long. He's not a long-term franchise quarterback. He's a backup now. For good reason. Marcus Mariota, he's not aggressive. He's kind of got the build of a wide receiver. He's not a he doesn't have a very strong, accurate arm. And he played in a very, very, very non-traditional offense at Oregon. And guess what? Marcus Mariota's been a backup quarterback for the last two seasons. Former second overall pick. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, I could tell right off the bat, those guys have strong, accurate NFL arms, and they are big guys that can move around. Guess what? They're both still around, and they both help lead teams to Super Bowls. Mitchell Trubisky, I said, kind of got a noodle arm, pop gun type of, you know, delivery, and, you know, he just sort of has an awkward build and doesn't know how to move around. And guess what? Mitchell Trubisky is a backup quarterback. I could tell Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, those guys are amazing. Big arms, athletic guys can move around, get out of trouble, throw across their body. They're magicians. They're MVP candidates and routinely praised as top five NFL quarterbacks. Dwayne Haskins, you could tell, first 11 starts. Well, not very accurate. Kind of immobile. Can't really move around. Okay. So then won't Dwayne Haskins be a backup quarterback in a few years? He's, he is a third stringer right now. He got benched for Kyle Allen and a an one-legged Alex Smith. It's over. That's how much the coaching staff thinks of him. And this is not a four-game thing. This is not, oh, we watched Dwayne Haskins for four games, and we're not really, you know, he's sort of the reason why we've lost a couple of these games, namely to Cleveland and Arizona. But that's not that. They've watched him practice for over two months. They've seen his leadership style. They've seen his work ethic. They've seen his zip and delivery and they are under impressed and they think that they can win better with Kyle Allen than Dwayne Haskins. Sorry. That's that's my takeaway. This is not anything to do with these last four games. This is everything to do with what they've seen on tape. This has everything to do with those four games and everything to do with what they've seen in practice and what they've heard from teammates and the vibe they've gotten from assistant coaches. Dwayne does not have it. This move doesn't get made out of just complete ambition. This move gets made because we need to make sure this team buys in. And they can't buy in right now with Haskins. So I completely support the move with Ron Rivera. I trust him. He took a team to a Super Bowl. Um, he knew exactly what he had in Cam Newton, and Cam was an MVP under him. I trust Ron. I don't. Everyone's killing him for benching the league's worst starting quarterback. I don't get it. I know he's only made 11 starts, but you can tell after 11 starts, you can just see talent. Okay, talent doesn't take that long to reveal itself to you. It just does. And it's revealing itself right now to all of us. Dwayne Haskins is not a very good quarterback. He just doesn't have it. All right, so 
With that in mind, I will officially end the show with my week five predictions. I will leave out the Monday night and Tuesday night matchups. So that's three games I'm leaving out. The Lions and the Packers all have bye weeks this week. Um, so we will have, there's a one, two, three, four, five, six, one o'clock games, three, four o'clock games and a Sunday night game on, on Sunday. So here we go. Panthers Falcons. Okay. I'm picking Carolina to win this one. They're going to be three and two. Um, you know, I think that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater has played extremely conservative football this year, but he's actually throwing the ball at a high rate downfield which i did not expect he's put together some 300 yard passing games which i did not expect and christian mccaffrey might be coming back soon and they've been able to run the ball pretty well without him and they've got nice young wide receivers julio jones is out for matt ryan and calvin ridley just went catchless in their monday night loss to green bay i'm in atlanta's defense is sheesh it is real bad i'm taking carolina even though they are one and a half point road underdogs all right raiders chiefs Obviously, I'm going with Kansas City. They're 11 and a half home favorites, point home favorites. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is just better than Derek Carr, and Andy Reid is just better than John Gruden. And guess what? Patrick Mahomes, you know, we talk about guys that are always killing their division. You know, uh, Dak Prescott has an exceptional record against teams in his division, even though his division stinks. You know, we sort of look at that and we think, oh, okay, he's great against his division, but, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of the division kind of stinks. Patrick Mahomes against a very, very competitive AFC West. That's a good division. Chargers made the playoffs once. Raiders are always sort of solid, and so are the Broncos. Patrick Mahomes is 13-1 and with a career 104 passer rating against his division. I like him at minus 11.5 to beat the Raiders on Sunday and get to 5-0. and Cardinals-Jets, uh, clearly taking the Cardinals. They are seven-point road favorites over the 0-4 Jets. Uh, this game may be postponed. The Jets have a presumptive positive COVID-19 test, so we'll wait for that. But, you know, like I went back b- before, I like Sam Darnold over um, – I mean, I like Kyler Murray more than I like Sam Darnold, and I like Cliff Kingsbury more than I like Adam Gase. Uh, so I think it comes down to that. I think the, Car- the Jets just have nothing. All their – Offensive linemen are hurt. Their receivers are all hurt. They have no tight end. Their running backs are hurt. Oh, and they have no defense. Sorry, Sam Darnold is also kind of inaccurate and kind of a bust. After three NFL seasons, I like the Cardinals more. Eagle Steelers. I'm actually, this is my upset of the week. Philadelphia over Pittsburgh. They are seven-point road underdogs. But the Eagles are hot, and they get Deshaun Jackson back. And Carson Wentz is playing with confidence. He was able to beat San Francisco on the road last week. This will be their toughest game of the year, okay? But I like Carson Wentz right now to get on some sort of a roll in a really bad division. They need to beat some teams. The Steelers had an unexpected week off. I think there'll be a little bit of lag, and I still don't know how good the Steelers are. They're 3-0, but are they really that good? That's a competitive division themselves. The Steelers need to win, but they... I think that they will lose, and overall, I like Philadelphia to get to 2-2-1. Two, two and one. All right, Ravens-Bengals. I'm picking Baltimore. They're 12.5-point home favorites. I like Baltimore in this game. Um, Lamar Jackson coming off a win is not actually as good as we think. He's actually off a win. Five touchdowns, five picks, but this is now two games off a loss, and uh, Lamar Jackson's getting to play a team that he consistently dominates in Cincinnati. I like Baltimore to get to 4-1. Uh, and one. 
Uh, I also like Houston to get their first win of the year under interim coach Romeo Cronell over the one and three Jaguars. They are five and a half home favorites over Jacksonville. I like Houston. Um, I like Deshaun Watson getting his first win of the season and Romeo Cronell in the first game post Bill O'Brien to sort of defiantly say, we didn't need you after all. Dolphins Niners. Uh, I'm liking San Francisco at nine and a half home favorites over the Dolphins. They might get Jimmy G back, and that team's record under Jimmy G is 21-6 and six since he was traded over there. Without him, they're 5-21. and 21. They're awful. So I do like Garoppolo in this stretch uh, to come in and actually provide some offense for a team that was struggling the last few weeks. All right, Washington and the Rams. Rams seven-point road favorites to beat the Washington football team. I like the Rams in this game. Um... Dwayne Haskins is benched, Kyle Allen is in, and Jared Goff is clearly better than Kyle Allen. And uh, Sean McVay, I think right now, is the best offensive play caller uh, on this field, better than Scott Turner, and uh, the Rams just have an overall better team. Washington does get Chase Young back, that's something to watch. All right, uh, Colts-Browns. This is is an interesting game, it's an intriguing game, but I like the Browns at home. Uh, The Browns have played, they've run the ball better than anybody. I think the Colts have actually had the best defense in the NFL this season. Um, And that's not saying much because I haven't seen a lot of great defensive play this season. They actually got torched week one by Gardner Minshew. But Baker Mayfield is there. The Browns are playing at a very nice pace that keeps Baker Mayfield out of his own way. And uh, the Browns are running the ball better than ever, especially after Nick Chubb. It's Kareem Hunt's show. And I like the Browns in this one. All right, Giants-Cowboys. You know, I like Dallas. This is a tough one because I think both teams stink. I think the Giants will finally find their offensive stride against the worst offense or worst defense in the NFL, but I still like the Cowboys to win. They've got too much firepower, and that Giants defense is rancid bad. Uh, could be wrong, but I'm picking Dallas. And finally, Minnesota and Seattle. Seahawks will win Sunday Night Football at home as seven-point home favorites over the 1-3 Vikings. Let's not kid anybody. Russell Wilson's on an incredible tear right now. 16 touchdowns through four games. He's going to continue that. The Vikings have lost too many defensive starters, and they have been hurt badly by losing Stefan Diggs. I've been saying it all along. All right, three other games after Sunday that I will predict on Monday's show, but my early projections, I like Carolina, the Chiefs, Arizona, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Houston, San Francisco, Cleveland, Dallas, Seattle, and the LA Rams to win big this Sunday. I love my picks. Uh, We will see you on Monday. Hope you have a great weekend watching week five of the NFL season. And uh, you've been listening to the Jadavis Show, and I'm your host, Jacob Valier. Have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Take care.